Father, we rejoice in this day. This is when we know you love us, man. For you so love the world that you gave your one and only son. And so we celebrate you, Jesus, today. And we celebrate your love that you have for us, this incredible, intense, supernatural desire inside your heart to be in relationship with every single one of us in this room. And God, I, I do want to ask, um, out of your great love, that you, because you are the one who knows, you know every heart in this room. You know every life, you know every longing. And I'm just praying that today, I'm asking that you'd be gracious today and that all of us would hear your voice inviting us into this amazing story that you've written and that you're writing. So may your presence in this place be very, very real to every one of us. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, the words of that song, come and stand amazed, you people. And I'll be honest with you, that's what we're hoping for. I'm hoping that today... Because we know the story, right? And, and sometimes we just need a fresh experience with it. And that's what, we're asked, that's what we've been asking God for. And I'm hoping that today, once again, we'll actually be amazed at what took place over 2,000 years ago. That God himself would actually come and walk in our humanity. It's amazing. And then this is what we ask. We just ask that God would help us to see, open our eyes to see how God has reconciled, brought everything back together to himself, to see his plans of love, because he loves you, man. He so loves you. I hope you know that by the time we're done today. See his gift, this newborn child. All right, so we're going to go in uh, to part of the Christmas story here, Luke chapter 2. And uh, and one of the things our team put together, and as I sat with this and we, we prepared Christmas, One of the things we wanted to uh, help us to see is there's a uniqueness. There is something very unique about how God wrote this story and the things that he includes in the story that we got to make sure we see. Don't miss this because I think it'll help you to realize that he wants you in the story too. All right, so here we go. It's Luke chapter 2, very familiar Christmas passage. There were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for, everybody say this, for all the people. For all the people. Guess what, man? That includes you. Anybody want great joy? Yeah, sound good? All right, here we go. For today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you, and he is the Messiah, the Lord. Now, this is an amazing story. One of the greatest stories, right, in all of human history. But what's crazy, you guys, is who's actually in the story. <laughs> you got to take it, take it, just be aware of who's in the story. You've got an old priest, Zechariah, and his wife, Elizabeth. Then you have a teenage girl, Mary. You've got construction worker, Joseph, and then you've got shepherds. And, and I know we kind of maybe have a romanticized view of shepherds, but in that culture, shepherds were at the very low rung of the ladder. 
They were the outcasts of society. They, in fact, their testimony in a court of law wasn't even valid. <laughs> These were total outcasts. Now, and so I, I love this. I, I think about this almost every year at Christmas time. So it's Christmas Eve, right? So it's, it's right before the birth of Christ. And, uh, and you can imagine the angels, right? So here we go. The angels are going to appear. Can you just picture heaven with me for a second? The angels are getting excited. They have this eternal perspective. They know that God is actually going to visit earth, be born. I mean, they, they must have been so thrilled. They were like, and we get to be the ones to announce this to the world. So they all gather together. They're all ready. It's time. The heavens split open, and they look down, and there's some shepherds. <laughs> Seriously, that's all you got? We don't get to tell all of Jerusalem, and we don't get to tell all, where's King Herod? I mean, just shepherds. You guys, don't miss this. Who's in the story? Old guys and young girls and priests and shepherds. There's a reason for this. Now, here's the key. In the Christmas story, it's actually in the middle of a greater story. Right, thousands of years of history led up to Christmas, and there have been 2,000 years of history that have followed after Christmas. And here's what's crazy, is God uses all sorts of people in his story. So here's my question for you. I want you to think about this as I go through this message today. Are you in his story? Are you walking with him? Are you part of God's plan, right? As the song said, see his plans of love accomplished. Do you feel like you're a part of God's plan in the world today to bring some peace, to bring love, to bring truth, to bring what's right and what's good? Have you been reconciled to God? Have you been reconciled to him? Have you heard, this is what's interesting, because all of these people who are in this story, they were just living their life, right? Mary's just a teenager, Joseph, he's a construct. The shepherds are just out in the field and they were just living their life as normal human beings with no special status at all. And then out of the blue, God speaks to them. Have you ever heard his voice? And if you've heard his voice, did you respond so that you're actually walking in life with him? So today, our hope is that you'll see no matter who you are, that God wants you in his story. So, we just went through this a, a small portion of the genealogy. Uh, Matthew chapter one, verse one, is where this all starts. Look at the scripture, very first verse of Matthew's gospel. He says, this is the genealogy of Jesus the Messiah, the, uh, the son of David, the son of Abraham. One of my favorite scholars that I like to read and study, he said if you really look at the word genealogy, if you take it to its core, it means a whole lot more than just name after name after name. It really means the story. This is the story of Jesus the Messiah. And the first thing he says is, he's the son of David. Now why is that important? Because all the Jewish people knew that the Messiah was gonna come from the line of David. That the son of David, it expresses the promised figure. There was a person that God has promised would perpetuate David's throne into eternity. So everybody was waiting for that. The descendant of a mighty king, Jesus, the Messiah, is the son of David. But here's what's crazy, guys. If you look at the rest of the genealogy, then you have to go, well, then he's also the son of King Manasseh. 
And he got probably haven't heard of him. And that's because all he did was evil in the eyes of God. It says that he actually sacrificed his own son in the fire. He shed so much innocent blood that he filled Jerusalem from end to end. So if, David is, if, if Jesus is the son of David, he's also the son of King Manasseh. And then it says he's also the son of Uriah's wife, Bathsheba. Now, I got to tell you, why didn't it just go, hey, let's just go right from David to Solomon, who was the wisest king, right? <laughs> like, can we just skip that, that Bathsheba piece? But he doesn't. I, this is one of the reasons I love the Bible. There's no re reason to bring that up. They could have just gone, David, great king, Solomon, wisest king. Uh, no, God wants you to know something. Jesus Christ is the son of the man of, of the woman who's, who David killed because he impregnated his wife. And he's in the lineage of Christ. It's crazy, man. Rahab the prostitute. And then Boaz, her son, who's this incredible figure of righteousness and faithfulness. And then Ruth, the Moabitess. In other words, she's a refuge. And again, if you understand, man, in this day and age, Jews were the chosen people. And if you were outside the Jewish the nation, you weren't even worthy to be considered. <laughs> And so maybe some of you are sitting here today and you go, man, I kind of feel like that. I feel like the outsider. God's going, cool, I, I love outsiders. I feel like the person who's a prostitute. I feel like the person who's fallen super short. And God looks at you and goes, I love people who've messed up. Seriously? You got a, you got a really storied past? You're sitting here this morning going, there's no way that God could actually want me in his, in his story I think God said, let me just show you my genealogy. Let me see, let me show you the people that I have used. He goes, if you feel like you're messed up, Jesus just goes, hey, pick her. Let's do something amazing with her life. And that's what happens. He's the son of David, but then he's also the son of Abraham. Now, why is that important? Because Abraham is the father. He's the beginning of the Jewish nation. And again, they knew that the Messiah was going to come from him. But here's what's crazy. God made it so clear to Abraham when he chose him, and he, as, as, as Mark displayed here, that you are going to, all generations are going to be blessed through you. Look, here's what, uh, G, uh, what God said to him. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I'll make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and wherever curse, whoever curses you, I will curse and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. See, this is great. Great, he's the son of David. He's the son of everything. He's the son of Abraham. He is the fulfillment so that everybody can be blessed. But then, here's a couple other things. Jesus is the son of man. And what does that mean? The son of man means a child is born. What we can know about Jesus is he actually shares in our humanity. When, when Jesus Christ was born, he goes, I can represent humanity now, which means he's actually able to save humanity. Remember what the angel says? I got good news. A savior has been born to you. But the only reason Jesus can be our savior is because he can represent us as a man. So he's the son of man, taking into himself. This is what he did. And he's the one who could do that. He'd say, on the cross, in his body, as a man, he could take all of our sin, all of the consequences of your sin, 
all the sorrow of your sin, all the shame from the stuff that you've done. And because he's the son of man, he could take it into himself. But he's not just the son of man. What is he? He's the son of? He's the son of God. Right? Here's what the angel said. Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. And then when the song says, come and stand amazed, there's a man who walked on this planet who was actually conceived by the Spirit of God. She will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because, why? Because he's gonna save his people from their sins. So you guys, there's no way to talk about Christmas without talking about the saving thing. That's what the angels said. Good news, I got great joy. There's a savior being born to you. Now I gotta admit, in 2017 right now, most of us who are humans going, I don't know if I really need any saving. <laughs> so what does salvation actually mean? I think there's another word that might be helpful for us who live in this generation. And the Bible uses it all the time. It's called reconciliation. So salvation, the Bible says, is actually reconciliation. Because what sin does in our hearts, sin causes us to say no to God. Sin causes us to walk in ways that are opposite of God. And when that happens, it actually separates us from God. And so many of us, maybe some of you in this room, you kind of know, man, you are living your whole life, but you're not actually living it with God. So you're separated from him. And here's what's crazy, is the Bible says God has taught us, Jesus has shown us the way, what's really life-giving. And so when we don't walk in God's ways, then all of a sudden we, we get caught up in selfish ambition. We have greed in our hearts and everything that actually is hurting our relationships. So many of us, we're experiencing separation in our relationships because we're separated from God's spirit inside of us. And so what Jesus is saying, what Christmas is all about, is God is looking at us, he's looking at the whole world, and he's saying, everybody, all of you, I don't want you to be separated from me anymore, and especially for eternity. So you actually need to be saved, you need to be reconciled, brought back into relationship with me, because I am your life. And I love this about God. Oh, Emmanuel, my Savior, let your death be life for me. As son of man, he took on the punishment for our sin. But as the son of God, this was so great. As a son of God, the Bible says that death could not hold him down. And you know why? Because he had no sin in him. That's why he could be our Savior because he's the only one who actually could walk in human flesh and not one time ever do anything wrong. No sin. So when he died, though they killed him, death couldn't hold him down because there was no sin in him. So, and then come back in, uh, in April and we'll talk about, right, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, which means he's alive today. He's alive today. And here's what I want to get. This is so awesome, you guys. The mystery kept hidden for ages. So all these people in the genealogy, the mystery that they never knew was this, the Bible tells us. It's Christ in you, the hope of glory. 
See, what Christmas was all about was God saying, listen, I know you guys don't even know this. I actually created you to be one with me. I created you for me. And you'll never find the fullness and the purpose of your life until you get reconciled back to me. And so when Jesus comes and he takes our punishment on the cross, we get fully forgiven. And then in place of that, he actually, this is amazing, this is mysterious, but it's true that Jesus Christ comes and dwells inside of you. So here it is. There's a whole other incarnation. There's another incarnation that happens because that's what took place on Christmas is a Holy Spirit conceived inside of Mary and Jesus was born, but now he's saying, you can be born again, as Jesus said it would be. It's like a whole spiritual new birth. And it's like an incarnation because Jesus Christ is actually going to come inside of you. Is that not awesome? Now here's the deal. So we can sit there today and we go, okay, so wait a second. So I literally could walk on this planet every single day with God in his spirit joined together inside of me. Yes, that's exactly what can happen. Well, then you go, well, then what are the requirements, right? Who can get in? And again, this is why the story of Christmas is so important, okay? What matters? What matters for you? Does it matter that you be a priest and be very religious like Zechariah or that you be a prostitute like Rahab? Do you need to be honest with incredible integrity like Boaz or should you be a liar and a cheater like Jacob? Should you be one who has authority like all of the kings listed or should you be one with obscurity where, again, where you, have, where you are disdained in culture like shepherds? Should you be very old like Elizabeth or should you be young like Mary? Should you be born and bred an insider Jew of Jews like Paul? Or should you be a Moabitite, a, a refugee like Ruth? You guys get the answer? You know what you need to be? Human. You gotta be human. And I think God said, show, let me show you through my genealogy. Let me show you through the Christmas story. I can come to any of you at any time, and it does not matter what you've done. This is good news, right? David, the man after God's own heart in the Old Testament, right, is the guy who actually murdered, who impregnated someone, and so he had to kill her, her husband. And then you have Paul in the New Testament who writes almost the whole New Testament for us, and he's the one who's murdering Christians, Okay? Anybody in here impregnated someone's wife and killed her husband? Just, anybody want to fess up to that? All right, cool. All right, uh, any, any of you been murdering Christians lately? Okay, see, because here's what's crazy. Some of you sit in here and you think there's no way that God would choose me. And that is a lie from the pit of hell. Christmas says he'll choose every single one of you no matter who you are. Let me come at it from a different angle here. In John chapter one, verse 14, it says the word became flesh. And Derek explained this, but, but the word here <clears throat> is, is actually, a John was trying to reach people who were Gentiles. They were outside the Jewish uh, uh, understanding of religion. And in the Greek word, the, when in, <laughs> the Greek word for word literally meant the reason behind the existence of everything. 
So when the Greeks would try to say, why does anything exist? They believed that there was a principle, an organizing principle, or as we call it today, intelligent designer. There was something out there. And what John was saying is the word, what you believe has organized all of creation, became flesh. And he made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. And then in verse four it says this, and in him was life, and that life was the light of who? All mankind. Look at this again. In Jesus Christ was life, you guys. And that life was the light for all of us, for all mankind. God is no respecter of persons. And then it goes on to say, the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Guys, this is really good news. Why does God use light and darkness? The Bible uses the darkness as metaphor a lot to, to be, just to mean the pain, the suffering, the separation, okay? And even death, this is darkness. And, and here's what we know. Many of you in this room today, this is your experience. You walked in here into Christmas Eve service, but the truth is you're sensing pain and suffering. You got separation going on in relationships that matter deeply to you, and that's darkness. And I want to tell you, man, this is a really big deal. And, and to give you the illustra an illustration, so last week, I get up kind of early in the morning, and I, I, I got my coffee ready, and I walked into the, our living room, and no lights were on, Christmas lights weren't on at all, it was super dark. And I came around the couch, and someone put a box there. And I went full, like, well, pretty good speed. I had my computer and my coffee, and I went, bam, and I hit my shin. And I'm like, mm, because it's 5.30 in the morning. And as much pain as I was in, I just held it. But then, you guys know how all this happens, like a whole movie in like two seconds? I started going down, and as I did, my coffee cup spilled, and it was heading for my computer. Okay, see, so none of you care about my shin. But all of you were like, oh my God, not an Apple computer. <laughs> now we're getting serious. <laughs> and, the, and the truth is, I was the same way. I was totally holding it in with my shin, but as the coffee poured on my computer, I just went, oh no! And I screamed out loud, Susie comes running out, what's the matter, what's the matter? Why? Because that coffee on my computer is what? Death. <laughs> my life is in that computer and you guys know that and, 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 and I want to tell you I think that's why the Bible uses darkness because when you're in darkness you can't see you can't see and if you can't see you can't understand what actually is life giving to you you know, it's crazy. I'm 52 now, and as I, as I keep getting older, it's like my eyes just, they, they, they're, they're tougher, and I'll pull up something, and I'll put it right here, and I can't read it. And so what do you do? I, I'll actually help pull up my phone. Doesn't work either. <laughs> right? And I'll just, and I'll put the flashlight on, and as soon as I put the flashlight on, I'm like, oh, okay. Right? How many of you guys do this? Right? So you guys who are young going, okay. <laughs> just wait. 
No, but it's, it's shocking to me how this can be right in front of my face and I can't see it. I'm just gonna tell you, I think God this Christmas wants to tell you, some of you are, are trying to figure this out and you can't see it. How do I live free? How do I live in peace? How do I have joy? How do I love? Really, how do I actually make a relationship last? How do I mend the relationships that have gotten broken? And literally we strain and we try to figure out and God says, you're in darkness and literally light and immediately you can go, okay, I get it, I see it. Jesus is the life that is light to all mankind. And that means for you. So he goes on in chapter, in chapter one with verse nine, he says, the true light that gives light to who? That was, that was lame. To everyone. Come on, man, that's you. He was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Jesus was so rejected. God in the flesh came down, and people were like, I, I can't see it. You know why? Because he was so different. He was so good. His love was so radical. People couldn't see it. But then verse 12, but to who? To all who did receive him. To those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, not a lineage, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. So what is he saying? He goes, to receive him, he goes, to any of you, to anybody who will receive Christ, who will believe in him, he equates that to being born of God. Which again, literally means that God puts his DNA into your spirit. He, he uses the exact term, my spirit I deposit into you. And now your spirit and God's spirit comes together inside you. So now you get to live not only with him, which would be awesome, right? He goes, you do get to live with me, but you actually get to live in me. It's more intimate. Can I ask you this question? Do you walk on this planet in God? And is God in you? Because that's what salvation is. That's what Christianity actually is. You get reconciled back to God, saved from separation and brought together with him. And here's what Jesus says. He goes, I am the light of the world. But then he says this crazy thing. He goes, and you're the light of the world. Come on, does this world need some light? Does this world need some life? Does this world need some people who will die to themselves and sacrifice themselves for others? That's what Jesus did. And so he says, let me in because I'm writing a story here and I'm not done and I love the world, but I need some people who will receive me into their life so I can set them free from being so self-consumed and be free to love instead. And then if that happens, you'll be the light to this world. But again, some of you might be going, I don't, I don't think God would want to use me. Wait, who did he come for? Everybody. So here's the question. Who does God speak to? Because this is what happened, right? 
Mary, Joseph, Zechariah, Elizabeth, shepherds, living their life just like you're living their life. And I'm gonna be totally honest with you. I do not understand this mystery. But I do know this, that when God speaks to you and invites you into his story, it's undeniable. But who will he do this with? Who does he like to invite to change the world? Maybe you believe you have to be zealous for God, like Jesus' apostle Simon, or that you need to be one who cheats the people of God, like Jesus' apostle Matthew. Maybe you need to be bold and brash like Peter, or timid and fearful like Timothy. Maybe you need to be uneducated, common, blue-collar worker like John, the one that Jesus loved, or do you need to be a top scholar from the best school like Paul? Do you, maybe you need to be a woman who's had five husbands and who's now living with a sixth man who's not her husband. Or maybe you need to be Priscilla, who actually is a leader and teaching this brand new church. Maybe you need to be one who is described in the Bible as formerly being useless. Don't you love that? I'm, hey, yeah, I'm in the Bible. I was a useless guy. And that's why anybody call their kid Onesimus? Nope. Or... Maybe you need to be a dear brother and a faithful servant who Paul continually calls Titius. Do you guys, do you guys see this? Can you see this? I bring you good news that will be cause great joy for all the people. This is the genealogy of Jesus, the Messiah, the son of David, the son of Abraham, and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world, and to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Can you hear him this morning? Can you hear him this morning? You know what's so crazy to me, man? As I sit about this, and I, I was just thinking about my own life, why in the world am I standing in front of hundreds of people today in Salt Lake City, Utah? It makes no sense. I'm from Lapeer, Michigan. Anybody ever hear of Lapeer? No? Well, it's near Flint. Does that help you? <laughs> okay. I, I, seriously, I, I grew up in, in a very rural, blue-collar home and family. My dad was a phys ed teacher who coached football, basketball, and baseball. So as a kid, right, that's, I just love, all I did was play with football cards and baseball cards. I just love sports. Grew up in a very simple home without much money. And then one day, I'm sitting in church, just like you guys are today, with no intention whatsoever, just going because mom and dad make me. And I'm sitting in the service, and a dude like me gets in front of our church, and he explains this gospel that there is a savior who's trying to save you from being separated from God for eternity. And he's trying to save you from yourself and this sin that's messing up your own heart and all the relationships around you. And he says, but the only way, David, you can, he wasn't speaking to me specifically. He said, but I'm hearing it. But the only way that you can be saved is you must receive Jesus Christ into your life. You must believe. You must, as the Bible says, and this is weird, John the Baptist says this, Jesus says it, Peter says it, Paul says it. They all say this, turn or repent and turn to God. And times of refreshing will come. 
And I'll never forget, man, I was sitting there like this. I had no intention, no desire. I probably felt like the shepherds are Mary or Joseph. And all of a sudden, I hear God. And he says to me, David, I want you. Uh, I'm 11. <laughs> I don't care. I want you, and I want you now. And I'm like, there ain't no way. Because in our church, I went to a Methodist church, and in Methodist churches, you have to walk up in front of everyone. And I'm like, there ain't no way I'm going to do that. And God's like, I want you now. And I'm like, so I made a deal with God. You guys ever make deals with God? <laughs> and I made a deal with God, and I said, okay, if one of my friends goes, I'll go. And I looked, and I waited, and no friends would go. And finally, this one kid finally started going up the aisle. And I didn't even like him. <laughs> but he was my age, and that's all I needed. And I busted out of my chair, and I went forward, and I said, Jesus Christ, I want you to come into my life. And I have never been the same since. Now, I have no idea why God spoke to me. But he did. And I've been in his story. And he's been in my life. Helping me. Forgiving me. Strengthening me. Helping me to discover why I'm here. And I just wonder if any of you this Christmas, maybe you're here because you actually too have been hearing God speak to you. And you're like, it couldn't be. And I'm here to tell you, yes, it could be. It does not matter who you are. It does not matter what you've done. It doesn't matter if you're religious or irreligious. It doesn't matter if you're young or if you're old. Jesus will speak to anyone and invite you into his story. So here's how we're going to close. Band's going to come up. And, and let me just read this classic verse for you. John 3, 16 and 17 simply says this. For God so loved the world... And if that's the case, then that means that God so loved you that he gave his one and only son that whoever, okay, whoever would believe in him shall not perish. Now, guys, I just, I'm, I'm going to say this as clearly as I can. This is the best Christmas gift I can give you. You don't want to perish. You actually don't want to spend eternity away from God. And what's so great is God's going, I love you so much that I'm actually going to do the whole thing. I'm going to give you my son. And all you have to do is believe in him, trust him, receive him into your life, turn away from darkness, away from that, and turn towards me. And I will give you Jesus Christ, and he will live inside of you. If anyone, whoever would believe in him, you will not perish, but you will have eternal life. Now here's what's cool. Eternal means no time. So that doesn't mean you just get to live forever. It does, which is super cool. But it also means eternal means right now you could have the light of life inside you. Jesus, who is your life, can bring light so you can see and understand and live. So I'm just going to be super bold. I just want to ask you a few questions. Have you been saved? I actually didn't read the second verse. It says, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, right? That's good news. He's not like, oh, you guys, take me off. I'm sending my son. He's like, no, I'm sending my son. Not to condemn you, but
but to save the world through him. So I gotta ask you this Christmas, are you saved? Have you been rescued from darkness? Or are you still living separate from God? And if, and if, if you aren't, then have you been reconciled? That's so cool. I love how this, this verse, how it says it. Have you been reconciled to God? Have your sins been totally forgiven by putting your faith in Christ? And have you received him, the life that gives light into your life? Are you in his story, man? God, I love the Bible. You can find yourself in there. So here's the words to the song we already listened to. We're going to hear it one more time. And I just want to... Maybe you could make this your prayer on Christmas Eve. And it simply starts off, it says, Light of life, dispel my darkness. If any of you in here say, I don't want to walk in the darkness anymore. I don't want to be separated from God anymore. I am tired of what I'm doing to my own soul. I'm tired of what I'm doing to my relationships. I'm tired of not being able, no matter what I do, to find fullness in my life. I'm done. If that's you, you could say, hey, Jesus, I'm turning. And I'm turning towards you. Dispel my darkness. And then it says, let your frailty strengthen me. Let your meekness give me boldness. Let your burden set me free. Anybody want to be free in here? Because here's what's cool. What's, what's, what's Christ's burden? It's the burden when he was on the cross. Because what he was doing, again, is he was taking all of your sin, all of your pain, all of your sorrow, all that you've done to other people. He takes all of that and he puts it on himself. And then we can actually say, let your burden take my burden of my sin and help me to be free. <laughs> Merry Christmas, man. That is what Jesus Christ wants to do. So, O oh Emmanuel, my Savior, let your death be life for me. So here's what I did first service. I just thought, what if that dude who came to that little Methodist church in Lapeer, Michigan, had never said, is anybody in here want to receive Jesus Christ? If he had never given me that opportunity, then I wouldn't have had the chance to find my life. So here's what I want to do this morning. I just want to offer you the invitation. And if you've heard God's voice this morning and you feel like, you know what? I want to be saved. I actually want all my sin forgiven. I want the spirit of the living God inside of me. I want that incarnation and I want to walk with God every moment for the rest of my life all the way into eternity, into heaven with him. And if that's you this morning, if you would like to make that decision, I'm just going to ask you to, I'm not even going to ask you what I did. I had to walk up front, but here's what I want to ask you to do. Would you just stand? If any of you this morning are feeling like today is my day and I've heard his voice and I want to receive Jesus Christ into my life. So here's what I want to do. Uh, just stay standing. I just want to pray for you. Father, um, we thank you, man. Thanks for Jesus. Thanks for loving us so much that you would not say, okay, you guys get your act together or you're in trouble. But instead, you would give us the gift of Jesus. 
who would come in human flesh to take on the penalty of our sin, but he'd also come as the son of God so he could rise again and defeat that sin. Lord, I pray for everyone in this room who's ready to say yes to you. And I pray that you will empower them. I pray that you will strengthen them. I pray that they will know from this moment forward the very real presence of your life within them. And as they confess their faith in you, you're the one who says, I promise you, I will make you my child and I will put my spirit inside of you. Lord, may a whole nother Christmas, a whole nother incarnation of your spirit take place in any heart in this room that's making that declaration to receive you. And we pray for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Awesome. So here, here's, here's what we would love to do. Um, these guys are going to go ahead and, and you guys can come on up. And uh, they're going to go ahead and sing the song again. I just want, it's so good. I want us to reflect again on these words. And I just want to encourage you, any of you who stood to receive Christ, we got, some of our leaders are back here. We would love, because here's what happens. When you actually receive Christ, you actually come, you join a family. You join our family. It's so cool. And we would love for you just to, to hang out with these guys just for a second and just, just so they can connect with you so that we can make sure that we're doing our job to connect with you, all right? And anybody else, if you didn't stand now, but you're at any time during the song or any time during the, the rest of our service that you'd like to make this decision, um, please feel free to walk over here. Let's, let's just meditate and let's think and let's, let's deeply engage these words. And those of you who've received Christ, hang out with these guys just for a minute, all right? Let's do it.